welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Air It Out podcast, episode two. If you forgot to count the first one, this is the second one, and I'm joined again via phone because we practice social distancing here. Uh, Jolan Bioqua, my co-host. I am Ryan Gosker, the Goose. Jolan, welcome back for episode two. Great to be back. Good to be here. Let's get it rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. If you watched the first episode, listened to the first episode, know anything about the first episode, we did a full first round mock draft. And let's just say there were some surprises there in the first round uh, that we did not foresee coming. What I will take credit for is that I was six of seven to start the draft and then everything went down the drain. Um, so uh, not not too good. Um, but there are a lot of really intriguing things going on, Jolan. So where I want to start this podcast, just so everybody knows, we're going to go best pick, most, uh, most head-scratching pick of the first round. Then we're going to talk about which team had the best draft, which team maybe had the worst draft. Um, at least from what we know so far. Then we'll talk a little bit about the remaining free agents. There has been some news to come as of late. And then we'll end the show talking a little bit of basketball with the last dance, which should be super, super exciting. So you ready to roll? Always am, bro. Let's get it going. All right, let's get it. So, again, the first round, very, very kind of kind kind of, of different um, than a lot of people saw coming. Saw coming, excuse me. The Giants take Andrew Thomas, the big left tackle out of Georgia. Uh, Tristan Wirth slides all the way to Tampa Bay, so Tom Brady gets himself some protection. So with the, with that in mind, the Jets take Mekhi Becton as well. Excuse me, he has the highest potential of any of the offensive linemen, as projected by the experts. Joe, I want to start with you. The, the team you thought had the best first-round pick. Uh, well, the best first-round pick uh, comes to the top. No surprise. Number two, it's the Redskins and Chase Young. Um, I think that defense is full of studs now. They just had Montez Sweat last year drafted. Um, they're coming. They're coming to get a wide open NFC East, and as a Giants fan, that hurts. Um, but that's the best pick in the first round. I think he's lined up to be a Hall of Famer in a couple of years. Give it like a decade. Yeah. So I have a really interesting team here, and it's going to be the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Not the one. Not the team that won it the team that lost it, and it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. They had two first-round picks, I believe, but their first first-round pick, Javon Kinlaw, the D-tackle out of South Carolina. You lose to Forrest Buckner because you trade him to Indianapolis. You get that 13th overall pick, then you trade back. Listen, if they think that guy is anything like DeForest Buckner, you are getting an absolute steal because now you're getting... If you say he's DeForest Buckner, you're getting DeForest Buckner now for five years cheaper at what you would have got him had you paid him this offseason. I think it's a home run. And then they take Brandon Ayuk there in the 20s. I mean, a team that just really kind of had it going there in the first round. Now I want to get your thoughts, Jolan, on the on the team that maybe had the most head-scratching pick in the first round. Um, in the first round alone, what stands out to me is the Green Bay Packers trading up get Jordan Love. I think that's a 13-3 and three team. That's a, like one win away from the Super Bowl. Um, I think you have to go receiver, either in the first or second round, and they don't do that. Um, that's a real big head-scratcher on my end. Packers fail this draft miserably, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. That has been a that has been a really, really popular one. And, and again, you just run through the list. The beginning was such a good, such a good draft. I'm going to have to go with the Atlanta Falcons, Jolan. It's a team we talked about in the mock draft that might trade up to get a guy like C.J. Henderson. He goes nine to Jacksonville. 
and they settled for A.J. Terrell. Christian Fulton was on the board until the late second round. I'm kind of surprised by that. Uh, even Damon Arnett went before uh, Christian Fulton. So I think the most head-scratching one was Atlanta. It was just a team that you heard so much about moving up. And, may, you know, could they get all the way to two to get Chase Young? Um, and they didn't end up... They ended up settling for A.J. Terrell, who famously, you know, by by Jamar... Uh, by, uh, yeah, Jamar Chase from LSU got torn up in the national championship game. So I think it was a little bit of a reach. And uh, and, and I just think it was it was the most head-scratching of the first round. But... Well, uh, you... Yes, you go ahead. To talk about reaches. Um, the second one we had been talking about uh, prior to the call... Um, my second one of the two busts in the first round was the 19th pick overall Las Vegas Raiders selecting cornerback uh, uh, Damon Arnett. I think that's a huge reach there. Yeah, huge reach. A, a really interesting one. Many experts had a second or even third round grade on him, and he goes before pick 20 in the first round. You, you have Seattle playing around with Jordan Brooks, a linebacker out of Texas Tech. Um, there's a lot to be questioned about. So now this is where we want to go broad, Jolan. Give me the team that had the best draft overall in your eyes. Well, you could easily say the teams that traded away picks for players would have the best draft overall. Um, but I'm not going to take it that easily. Um, I think the team with the best draft overall would probably be the Denver Broncos. I think they just they have an idea going around Drew Locke. They have an idea of where they want their franchise to go. They drafted Jerry Judy in the first round, uh, KJ Hander uh, in the second. He's going to be the slot receiver over there. Um, they got weapons, man. They drafted, uh, this is going to be fun, Uwe Anua. Uh, I murdered that. The tight end from Missouri, um, that's lost old target. So I think the Denver Broncos really handled business. Um, I gave them an A-plus overall, and I think they had the best draft overall. Yeah, and that's really interesting because they're in a division with Patty Mahomes, who just got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, so he's got even more weapons now. You need weapons to match. And the big question, Joel, on around the Broncos was, is Drew Locke the quarterback? Well, guess what? He's got all the weapons he needs, so we're going to find out a lot about Drew Locke. A- absolutely. Again, I, this was my team with the best first-round pick. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers, and that's because in this draft, now I know they give up a third-round pick next year, but in this draft, they got Trent Williams for a fifth-round pick. Trent Williams didn't play last year, didn't play a lot last year. Um, I forget if he played at all. But he's still one of the top left tackles in this entire league. And then you get Joe Staley retires and you bring in Trent Williams. Like, that's a, that's a yeah, bang, bang. One for two. Yeah, that's, that's a bang, bang home run. You get a guy in Brandon Ayuk who reports have surfaced that he was their number one receiver on their board. Again, we can argue whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. But it seems like scheme-wise, and that's what Kyle Shanahan's all about, Scheme-wise, he was the best fit for San Francisco. I think they knocked it out of the park. And, and again, the rich just continue to get richer. Um, it's, it is it, it is kind of scary. Let me ask you something. Um, Cowboys going C.D. Lamb in the first round. Their weapons, uh, we're both Giants fans in the NFC East. Who do you think could win that division with the way the draft fell? That's tough. And it, is, it is really, really hard for me to tell you that right now. What I will tell you is the Eagles won that division – with Greg Ward and like me playing wide receiver last year, so they they won the division with and they were beat up on the offensive line too. Lane Johnson was hurt for a while. Um, you know, it's just a team that was so banged up that you, you would imagine they get these weapons. They 
I think they drafted three receivers. They traded for Marquise Goodwin. They got all the speed in the world. Now they have Carson Wentz's backup. If and if and when he gets hurt, you know that now you now you have a contingency plan. Um, I and the Cowboys. Ceedee Lamb such a good receiver. It's hard, man. You know Dallas's offense didn't get stopped much last year. Okay, so I can't foresee it happening much again this year, um, unless the virus can stop their offense. Um, but outside of that, you know, it, it's going to be neck and neck with Dallas and Philly. And I and I hate to say it as a Giant fan, I think them and Washington will be battling it out to try and be third. I think, uh, to, to be honest, maybe the Cowboys have it easily. I think their offense is loaded. Um, they got Diggs in the second round, which is a huge pickup. I thought they were going to go cornerback in the first round. Um, but this team has all the pieces to succeed. And if not, you got to start looking at Jerry Jones, man. You really do. Yeah. He's, he's calling all the shots. He's running the operation. Some say his son's running the operation. But you just have to look at the whole team as a whole because they have all the pieces to be successful and even win a Super Bowl. I will take it that far. I think personally the Eagles had a horrible draft. Um, they should have, they should have drafted Justin Jefferson in the first round. They ended up drafting uh, Jalen Rieger. Um, I think the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round is not putting your faith in Carson Wentz. They're talking about a two QB system. I don't think that works out the way they want to. Yeah. I think the Cowboys win that division easily. Yeah, I mean Philly thinks they have their version of uh, of Taysom Hill, and and we'll see how that plays. I agree. Um, I think this is the best draft I've seen Jerry Jones have in a long, long time. Um, 100%. It, it was also he locked himself in in his on his yacht um, and by himself to make these all these decisions. So that's an even scarier sign for the rest of the league. But now I want to go and I and I something tells me I have a hint of what your of what your answer is going to be here. But the team that had the worst draft in the league. The worst draft in the league. Yes. See, going into the draft, I thought the Bengals were going to blow it, but they nailed it. They hit the draft spot on. Um, I got to go with the Packers, man. They were they were just all around bad. The first round they drafted, they traded up for a quarterback when they had Aaron Rodgers going 13-3 last year. They drafted no receivers throughout the entire draft in a loaded receiver class. Like, running back in the second one, you have Aaron Jones. Like, I understand the second running back is important, but not that important. I think the Packers quit. As a 13-3 team, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. They should have been winning win-now mode and drafted win-now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They have Jamal Williams, too, as their backup, a pretty pretty good backup. It's really hard to disagree with you there. I I did bag a little bit on the Eagles, but I I do put value in having your backup quarterback um, be set because, again, we see injuries. Who knows? Maybe Carson Wentz contracts the virus and he's got to be out for three weeks. You know, nobody knows. So there is a little bit of value in getting your backup. I do agree that Jalen Rager was probably not the selection there. Um, But I will agree with you that the Green Bay Packers probably had the worst draft. Uh, You trade up for a quarterback. This is literally the Brett Favre situation, and that situation ended horribly. Brett Favre had three of his worst years with the Packers in those last three years. Okay, Listen, A.J. Dillon's a stud. I, I have a buddy that's really close friends with him, but and no disrespect to him, but they needed a wide receiver, as you mentioned. They they needed one desperately, and they didn't get one in the arguably the deepest wide receiver class we've ever seen. So, in a long time, at least. Yeah, and you, Maybe the OBJ class. And you run through Aaron Rodgers' uh, cap hits for the next two years. 
I think he's $46 million this year and $37 million the next year. Like, you, you can't even cut the guy um, unless you're going to take on that huge, massive financial burden. So, very intriguing. It was it was, it was was awesome. Jolan, I know you were live tweeting the first round. I was on Instagram Live. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, it was a very long process. I just want to get your thoughts really quickly, and then I, I'll give mine first. On the draft as a whole, I thought there there was there was potential for a lot of hacks and a lot of different things to happen that that could have messed up this draft terribly and made it an awful spectacle. However, I think we saw a lot of realness from Roger Goodell, and I think it went about as perfect as they could have outside of some of the tragedy stories that I'm I'm sure they regret they regret showing. But I think the NFL put on a great show. Joel, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree, man. Um, Roger Goodell is not as hated as people once thought. You know, Manfred has taken that seat easily, easily. <laughs> throw the Astros out of baseball, make them relocate. Give Aaron Judge that 2017 MVP. All right, besides <laughs> the point. Um, the NFL draft worked perfectly. Goodell handled it perfectly. Um, everyone was invested on wanting it to work. No one was negative towards not letting it, want, uh, not letting it happen. Um, just things things worked out perfectly, man. And it's something in a time where people need hope, people need excitement. And that was a perfect thing to watch. I think it tuned into the numbers at 15 million, which is crazy, crazy for a draft. Yeah, it it, it shattered every draft record, which I mean makes sense. Everybody's at home, at least we know, at least we know that. But I think the other part of it is that it brought a sense of normalcy. Like Roger Goodell is a normal guy, you know. Yes, he is the commissioner. Yes, he makes all these decisions. But he is a normal person, too. Um, he does like to sit down as we hit the three-hour mark in the draft. You know, he does like to dress down every once in a while. So um, I think it brought a lot of normalcy um, to a situation that, that was anything but normal. Um, but it did, it did great wonders to see the GMs, their their families and everything. I was very happy with it as, as a whole. Now, we transition from the draft into, obviously, the next step is OTAs and then training camp. Obviously, that's going to be up in the air. But we do have some big-name free agents. Jameis Winston just signed with the Saints, so he's off the list. But you have Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, and Joe Flacco are on the open market. Jolan, which of those three do you think gets signed first? Not necessarily by who, but which one gets signed first and which one might actually see the field this year? Well, if I have a brain. You want to say Cam Newton. Um, injury history aside, he's a former MVP man. You gotta get him off the field. You gotta get him in some type of offense, starting, not not a backup. He's a starter in the league. Um, but if I'm gonna be realistic, it's probably gonna be Andy Dalton. Um, I don't know. He just has more of a tenure, um, more stable, less injuries. I, I think if anyone's gonna pick up a quarterback right now, it's gonna be Dalton. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I know the Patriots have been thrown around at his name. Pittsburgh is gonna need a backup quarterback at some point. We saw last year. That's literally the only reason they didn't make the playoffs, um, and that's you know that's obviously a credit to Mike Tomlin. Um, but they clearly need a backup. And and again, I I think Jameis going to New Orleans was genius. Okay, Drew Brees missed six games last year. Teddy Bridgewater just got twenty million dollars a year because he replaced Drew Brees for six games. Okay, there there's reports that Jameis Winston can now see as he's had LASIK eye surgery. I don't know how he got to football at this point without seeing, but, um, <laughs> you know, some guys some guys are just different, I guess. Um, but he made a great move going to New Orleans. Um, I think Joe Flacco's career is done. It's highlighted by that one Super Bowl run he had. Andy Dalton and Cam Newton, 
again, I think Pittsburgh and New England are the ideal fits for them. Uh, you know, Jacksonville, I think they're in too much of a rebuild, but I think New England and Pittsburgh could be two landing spots for those two quarterbacks as we get deeper here. The other thing too, John, you got to remember, teams without good backup quarterbacks, if their quarterback goes down or has to miss because of the virus or something, those are probably the first guys to get called, I would imagine. What do you think? Easily, but... Those two guys are easily better than what Chicago has over there. They easily can outperform Derek Carr in any given situation. Like, these guys should be in the league. I don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, any Dalton situation I kind of understand. Um, just the time's up. They tried it. Didn't really work out. The time's up. Yeah. So I do expect them to get time fast. The Cam Newton situation, I don't get. Matt Rule and the new owner over there, they, they put their uh, words into Cam Newton, but not the paycheck. And then they sent him walking. Oh, I don't understand it. It's very interesting because that's actually a good segue into our talk about the last dance. The one thing you see in the last dance, Jolan, is that when a GM wants his guy, he is going to get his guy. And that, that is regardless of whoever is there. Um, and, and I think, unfortunately, that happened to Cam Newton. They want to restart everything. They're giving Matt Rule seven years. But I wholeheartedly agree with you. They are starters in this league uh, that that are worse than those two. And and again, I, I've never seen this kind of influx of quarterback talent where like we have these guys just sitting on the street as opposed to actually getting jobs. But so it leads me to the last dance. Now we we're we're you know we're through a few episodes. Joan, just just give me your thoughts right now. Again. Another amazing thing that ESPN did was release this documentary because we all need it and everybody's going to be tuned in. So they did a terrific job. I think piece by piece, it's it's really good. And I don't say that because I'm biased because one of my be- uh, one of my good friends is is one of the VPs on the on the project. Um, so you know, but I love it as a whole. I want to get your thoughts and what you think of it so far. All right, that's going to make a lot of people upset. Oh boy. I'll marinate it, it out. Oh boy. Drum roll, baby. I'm tired. I'm tired of people comparing Jordan to LeBron. And for you Jordan fans, this is not going to end the way you want it to. Uh oh. Because LeBron doesn't need Dennis Rodman to come get his rebound. He doesn't need a rebound guy. He is his rebound guy. He doesn't need Scottie Pippen to take him to a finals. He took Matthew Delazova to a finals. If you were putting LeBron. Michael Jordan in the same stratosphere anymore the conversation's over and it sadly is demise on his own documentary the bad boy Pistons LeBron would run through with one leg that is not a joke LeBron in that league would average 50 a quarter that's not a joke <laughs> okay <laughs> so maybe it's a little whole, bit 50 a quarter the documentary is fun to make Jordan look cool and what she was he's the coolest player of all time he's the most transcendent player in any Joel on. Now, here's what I will say. 
and, and this this will favor LeBron um, in a sense. This whole narrative that he cannot play in the 80s because he flops now, number one, is incorrect. Um, the dude is 6'8", six, 6'9", six, 260 pounds. Yeah, no, I think he'd be fine. Um, this notion that guys were never friends um, back in the day, Danny Ainge and Michael Jordan played golf in the middle of a yeah, playoff series. Okay, so that needs to be put to rest. What what Michael did was, and, and this is very, this is a very good way to stir debate by by him. I he he is still listen. LeBron is he's great. The problem is is that LeBron doesn't have the blemishes on his record, or Jordan doesn't have the blemishes on his record that LeBron does, which is which is the issue. Um, again, I think people punish. Bertrand exit isn't a blemish. He well, needs a boarding cast to make it past the first round is in a blemish. So is scoring eight points against the 2011 uh, Dallas Mavericks. That's oh, a blemish Ryan. as well. That that is a heavy blemish. Okay. I, what I will tell you, Jolan, is that I do think it is unfair that people criticize LeBron for losing in the finals as if getting to the finals is worse than not making it to the finals. Which is just completely incorrect. Okay, Michael losing in the first round, Michael getting, you know, beat in the Eastern Conference Finals, that it, you still lose in the playoffs. But it is not it is not better to do that than to lose in the finals. Again, uh, I think it's I think it's really fascinating. I want to get your thoughts on the whole Dennis Rodman thing. The, his his vacation to Vegas was the most intriguing part of this documentary to me so far because if anybody, and I mean anybody, asked for that kind of trip with his background, oh man, I don't even want to know what the media would have to say. Joel, what, what do you think? I thought the vacation was really cool. I thought it was crazy. Here's the thing about Dennis Rodman on a real level. He's about his winning. And no matter what he does on the side, the, the chick he sees, where he goes on vacation for two days, it does not matter because Dennis Rodman is a winner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all that other nonsense doesn't matter to me because he goes and gets the championships. He's a, he's a nitty-gritty guy for them. He needs a break mentally. That's my kind of style. Absolutely. He's doing all the work, you might as well. You might as well take a break mentally. And Phil Jackson, he understood all his players. Like, you even saw in the documentary, you saw we won another five titles with the Lakers. Like, he knows his players. He knows how to set up offenses around his players and defenses around his players and put them in the best possible position to succeed. So, he got the most out of Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman is the man. Yeah. Like, side note, I like basketball. He's one of the coolest people on the planet. Like, I want to beat Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it was really interesting. And it, and it does really show you how winning cures a lot. You know, like... Winning can make everything go away. I, you know, I just, I just found that vacation story so fascinating. Not, not in a bad way. It's just a, you know, it, it I'm seems. Just saying, it seems like the most the Dennis last, Rodman thing. The last person you sent to Vegas to pick somebody up is Michael Jordan. Oh, he heard yeah. Vegas and he hopped on the first flight <laughs> there. He wants to gamble. We all know Jordan. <laughs> well, it is going to be interesting. I cannot wait until this documentary gets to the part about the flu game. Um, because there have been reports that he was out gambling the night before the flu game and that he may or may not have had the flu, um, actually. So it's so, the hangover game. Right. So we're I'm going to wait and I'm going to find out about that. But I think this, <laughs> this documentary this documentary has been really good for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I hope they continue to do so. Um, so as you heard, 
here. We aired out our opinions on football and the draft and uh, The Last Dance, the documentary about Michael Jordan, which, by the way, there's going to be a documentary about everybody. Uh, there's going to be one about the Dream Team. There's going to be one about you know the, the Redemption Team in 08. Kobe Bryant's going to have one. LeBron's going to have one when he retires. LeBron's going to have 10. So everybody's going to get their documentary, okay? So so don't don't you worry about that. But what's coming up, and, and again, I think Jolan and I will, will keep airing out any, any disagreements we have. Uh, we'll keep talking about Last Dance. If there's any breaking news about sports leagues potentially returning, I know today it was announced that NASCAR will return May 17th. Um, which is a good sign. Now they're not they're they're not coming back with fans. They're not one of the big four sports, but they they will be returning May seventeenth. Golf is going to return the PGA, I believe, in June, um, which is going to be really good. So we will keep you up to date with any sports leagues coming out. Make sure you follow us, Jolan. Where can they follow us? Uh, they can follow us on Twitter at Jolan and uh, so your handles in there. Uh, Instagram. And the, the, the podcast is now on Twitter and Instagram. It's um, on Instagram. It's uh, Air It Out Podcast. And um, Twitter, I believe it's Podcast Air It Out Boys. Yes, yes, it is. So you can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Make sure you share it with your friends. I'm Ryan Gosker. You can you can uh, tweet at me on my personal account, at Gosker56, G-O-S-I-K-E-R-5-6. And, uh... This was the second episode of Air It Out by the Air It Out Boys. And, and Jolan, you know, again, another great episode, my friend. A little bit shorter than our last one, but I think our people are going to really enjoy this. Shorter but sweeter, my brother. Shorter but sweeter. Absolutely, everybody. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and find some positive news in your life if you can, everybody. Take it easy.